In the beginning at Google, I would offer over this wonderful fruit bar in replacement of desserts. And only really the bananas would move because it was an easy thing for people to peel and, and leave with. We as people tend to be lazy just because we're so busy. When it comes down to the simple things like eating and taking care of ourselves, we're like, you know, if I have to peel that fruit, I'm really not inclined to eat it. Coming up, learn to eat like a Google Brainiac from former Google chef Charlie Ayers. Next on Change Nation from First30Days.com. This Change Nation podcast is presented by City. City never sleeps. Have you ever wondered what the geniuses at Google eat every day? Well, if they're anything like the computer geeks that we all knew from high school, they probably consume lots of soda, Doritos, Skittles, and the occasional stick of beef jerky to provide that energy rush to code those very cool computer programs. Well, not so, says Charlie Ayers. As the chef at Google, he's fed employees' minds and bodies with balanced meals that were nutritious and often had local and organic ingredients. He's also fed some of those famous people in the world, people like Bill Clinton, Bono, and Gorbachev. Now he's taken everything he's learned from feeding some of the smartest people in the world and written a new book called Food 2.0, Secrets from the Chef Who Fed Google. Today on Change Nation, Charlie is here with me to talk about his new book and how we can all use his principles for nutritious eating to live healthier. Charlie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Charlie, what does the cafeteria at Google serve? Do they have any bad food in there? You know, I, I used to always tell people, I provide the ride. It's really up to you how fast you want to go. So I provide both ends of the spectrum. Believe it or not, there's people that don't want to eat healthy whatsoever, and, they, and you can't force that down their throat. I tried, and it wasn't a success. So we eventually opened up different areas that provided foods like that. But inherently, they were still better for you than what you'd get on the street because they were still of an organic nature, local ingredient, and made with love. So whenever you have those three components involved with the dish, it's going to be successful. So just so that we can picture what it looks like, are there all the different stations with raw foods and meat and pasta and salads? and Exactly, and more so. Now, when I left the company, we had 10 restaurants on campus. Now there's 21 I'm kind of thankful I left when I did because it's just crazy there now. And so they have some restaurants that are just purely raw. They have some that only have foods within a 150-mile radius. So you'll never see chocolate there. You'll never see pineapple there. You'll never see coconut. You'll never. So it, it really challenges the chef to be a chef, you know, and not say, hey, you know, I can get whatever I like because I can. How much did you or the company inspire the employees to actually make some changes in health? Was it more it was offered to them so they slowly started changing? Well, in the very beginning when the company was very small, we had these things and they still have them called TGIFs. And at that time, it was more of a, an exchange of thought and an idea. And Larry and Sergey really expressed and shared with us their concerns about the world and what they wanted to do with the revenues generated from search. And theirs was to improve health care, homelessness, poverty, hunger. So these were all very important things to them. And, and as I heard them talk about this all the time, I said, well, why aren't we doing that for ourselves? And we were very small at the time. It was really easy to do. But it was just something I started to work into my philosophy. And they never once said to me, buy only organic, buy only local, buy, you know. I knew that's what they wanted. So 
That's lovely. So let's let's start off with a breakfast for busy executives, people who maybe have a big work day. What's the what do I start eating? You know, I would start the day up with my uh, shake me up, wake me up, power shake. That's a great morning smoothie shake that you can just drink on the go, have it in your car on the way to work or on the train. So I, I wouldn't definitely just look at that shake or the smoothie as being the one thing to have. I would always follow it by something else afterwards. What's the thing not to eat in the morning if you've got a big day at work? Something that's going to really make you tired, like don't go for, you know, the classic English breakfast or Eggs Benedict or something like that, or, you know, say I'm going to go have brunch at the Ritz. You know, just look for something that's going to energize you and get you going and bring you to that next small meal, because I recommend five small meals a day, so you're not famished by one o'clock and eating everything in sight. So at work is where most of us reach for some bad food or some bad snacks. What are some better things to have with us that we can all sort of either bring to work or go get? Fresh fruit, top of the list. Always have plenty of fresh fruit available in the office. And I found that we as people tend to be lazy just because we're so busy. When it comes down to the simple things like eating and taking care of ourselves, we're like, you know, if I have to peel that fruit, I'm really not inclined to eat it. So if the fruit's manipulated and packaged properly, people are going to eat it every time. And in the beginning at Google, I would offer this wonderful fruit bar in replacement of desserts. And only really the bananas would move because it was an easy thing for people to peel and, and leave with. It's like, oh, why aren't these people taking these fruits with them? I was like, you know what, I'm going to start chopping this stuff up. And it just went crazy. You know? Very interesting. Any other snacks other than the fruit? Um, different types of power bars. I and mean, you have to look to see what's in these power bars because they're not always filled with the best ingredients, even though they do have good intention. Um, I, I always suggest good coffee, good tea tea over coffee because tea keeps it balanced where coffee spikes and drops um yogurts small amounts of proteins like smoked fish or jerkies are great things like that nuts lots of different varieties of nuts walnuts pistachios sunflower seeds even now what we used to grow the chia you know those are a little tough to eat on their own because you end up looking like you've had uh, ants for lunch <laughs> So I'm curious, is the cafeteria open 24-7? It is now, and they even have room service. It's incredible. Yeah. And I guess if people have special requirements, everything is done and taken care of. That and more so, yeah. So for someone who is a busy executive, travels a lot, and is not necessarily in a place where they can properly take care of what they're eating, I know that so many of us are on planes and trains and cars how do we get over the urge to go for something bad because we're in a rush? If you can travel with certain things, I, like in my bag, I have a bag of nuts in there. If I get hungry, I'll just eat some nuts in between. So I'm not tempted to go and get something that I shouldn't be eating. Even though I like it, I know it's not best for me. You know, so always try and have that emergency pack with you, whether it be even a fruit roll-up you know, or a like I said, jerkies are great, you know, and just but you look at, have to look at the nature of the ingredient that's put in them. Some jerkies are filled with sodium nitrates and nit nitrites, and that's not good for you. So you have to look at the natural smoke stuff. When people go to the grocery store, what are some of the typical mistakes that we're making without probably even knowing it? Um, buying the stuff on the end cap, that's the the most appealing in terms of the way they've marketed it. You're coming in, you're seeing these brightly colored, lit up retail items, 
And you're going for it, you know, because they, they intentionally put the baked goods and the things that are high in saturated fats all out there for you to, uh, to buy up. So always stay on the outer perimeter. That's where the produce will be. That's where your meats will be. That's where your dairy will be. And that's where your bakery should be. And if, so if you just do a, a run on the outer perimeter of the, of the store and just hit those areas, don't go up and down the aisles because that's where they get you, you'll be pretty safe. Is there anything you hope never shows up in someone's shopping cart? Like, are there really some things where you're like, that should never be in there? I have my opinions, and you know, I, I, I can't tell someone to never to, you know, if, if they like it, you know, it's, it's a judgment call. You know, I, I don't want to be the food Nazi and then stand on a soapbox and say, don't eat Oreos. Because you know what? One day Nabisco is going to come out with an organic Oreo, you know, and then they're going to be coming back at me like, ha ha, look what we did. So let's talk about organic. There's so much being said about organic and local, and I know it's something that you espouse quite a bit, and you try and include organic and local. Can you give us the distinction, first of all, between the two? And sort of for people out there listening, what is it that they should start moving towards? What helped me understand the meaning of organics was the elimination of petroleum distillants in my food, because that's what pesticides and herbicides are derived from byproducts of oil. That's an ingredient I never want in my food, ever. It's never okay, never acceptable. I don't care what Uncle Sam says. I don't want it. When you see organic, then you want to look for the Oregon Tilth Standard. They have set up a standard, and that's the benchmark, the gold seal of all organics. There's a lot of different states across the country and different countries that have their own organic standard, but it's not completely adhering to the Oregon Tilth. So you want to look for that, and that's really... And that's on the label? Some will say it, and some will say they adhere to that. Others will make a label that looks very much like that, so it's a little bit of a mind game, and you have to be aware of it. Um, Michigan is adhering to it pretty much the same. Vermont is adhering to it. California does as well. But there's some states that don't and have developed their own standard. Mexico has their own standard. Canada has their own standard. And those standards are not always what we're looking for here in this country. So you have to be discerning, well, this is an organic ingredient that's coming from Canada, but it may not, and I don't know this for a fact, but they may say, well, our land only needs to be clean for three years before we can start growing organic ingredient. Conventional foods have all those things in it that we just talked about and more. That's something you know I, I really try to avoid. But then there's another way of going, and it's called pesticide-free farming. It's not organic farming. They're just not putting the herbicide and the pesticides on the foods any longer. They are still using a fertilizer that is as clean as possible, but they're not putting the sprays on it. So if your budget doesn't afford you to buy an abundance of organics, look for the next best thing, which is pesticide-free. And I always try to look for that or the local stuff. And, and you need to develop a relationship with these farmers, and that's why going to the markets is a better deal than going to like big chain supermarkets and then if they do carry it in you know, these big chain supermarkets they're working with the big factory organic farms and those farms are right up against other farms that are not organic so to really say that's clean and that's what that is you know it's debatable has there been a lot of research that shows the health benefits of eating organic i know we all hear it and is there fact that these pesticides stay in our body, that they really are terrible for us? Had I known we were going to have this question, I would have brought some imagery I have of what farm workers look like that have been exposed to these pesticides all their lives. 
or what their children look like, where they have growths and all kinds of things going on with them, uh, abnormalities that normally would not be there, but because they're exposed to these chemicals on a regular basis, that's going into our food. And to say that we're not going to absorb that, you know, you can see what's happened to a generation of children that's eaten foods that have had growth hormones in it, where you see these young girls that are 11 that look like they're 17. That's because they've been eating the chicken that has the growth hormones, you know, the, the milk that has the growth. So, you know, we're, we're doing it to ourselves, and if we can avoid it and do it the right way, that's the way I would go. Let's switch to people who don't cook or think they cannot cook or have never cooked how do you get people started to enjoy cooking and even think that they can go ahead and follow a recipe? Well, the way I get my son interested is I have him go shopping with me. I allow him to push the cart. I allow him to pick out the things that look interesting to him, whether he wants to eat them or not later that evening. You know, so you can, I don't know if you can do that with a grown adult, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's worth trying to, to spark their interest and say, well, let's go shopping together. Let's go check out some foods. What looks appealing to you? You know, how do you think this is prepared? And so it becomes more of a, you know, a challenge. And everyone loves a good challenge. Why do you think so many people fear the kitchen or fear not being good enough as a cook or fear following a recipe? Well, if you've never done it before, that's a natural, natural thing to be scared of. Um, I think a lot of it's just because it, it's, it's a hassle sometimes. You know, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to go home and cook because I have to clean up afterwards. And so you try and seek the path of least resistance. Like, how can I successfully pull off a meal and minimize my pain and still come out looking like a champion? You know, so it's just it's finding the simple, easy approaches first. And that's what we try and do in this cookbook is, is open your eyes up to the path of least resistance and how to get to that place. One of the things I know you talk about and you are a fan of is raw foods. Should we consume something raw at every meal? Should we have a full raw food meal? How does someone get started with that aspect? of? Well, it's easy to do when you do the five small meals a day. You know, eating fruits raw. Sushi's raw. Salads are raw. You know, and you don't need to do these big heavy dressings, even though they're wonderful and tasty and everything like that. Just do lemon juice and olive oil and do a cold expeller-pressed olive oil so there's no heat put to this olive oil so it has all nutrients in it and antioxidants in it. So that's really going to do your body a whole lot of good. What about fermented foods? What are fermented foods? Should they be included as well on a daily basis? Yes. Yogurts, it's fermented foods. Sauerkrauts are fermented foods. Pickled beets, anything like that, are all fermented. They have probiotics in them which are going to help your body fight off any type of illness or or just basically builds up your immune system and makes you healthier. My medicine is food. I have a lot of friends that are doctors, but, you know, in the medical field in in this country and everywhere else, they push drugs to make you feel better and make you healthy. Doctors should teach nutrition in this country, not pharmaceutical addiction. Couldn't agree more. For someone who who does have a health challenge or isn't feeling great or even just something like the flu, what are some foods to reach for that will build up an immune system that are healthy that automatically the body is going to like send them a thank you note? If, well, if they're not vegan, I automatically recommend chicken soup. There's just something in chicken soup that it makes you feel good. It, it, it truly does. And uh, I know it's the old wives' tale, like, oh, have a cup of chicken soup, you'll be fine in the morning. Most times you are. 
or you're getting to be better. If you're vegan, have some miso soup. Those things are just, it, it promotes wellness in your body and you, you feel good. And if you're starting to feel good already right from there, that's, that's in the right direction. You know, sometimes you do, you do need to take that medicine, you know, the, the penicillin or whatever to fight off what's really going on. Um, so you wouldn't automatically tell people to go for some raw foods, go for some fruit, go for some avocado if their their system is, you know, somewhat in a place of this health. I would definitely recommend that, you know, especially if they don't currently have it in their daily diet. Work it in there and work it in there slowly and in small amounts and, and until next thing you know, it's the majority of the foods that you're eating. About healthy fats. That's another one that there's, you know, myths and we're not quite sure what's healthy. How much fat do we need every day? For all the women who want to cut out fat, we've heard that that's the wrong thing as well. What, what, where's the balance? Um, everything in moderation. Uh, don't go for eating that. 18 ounce porterhouse at lunchtime, and followed by you know a big, you know half roasted chicken dinner at dinner, and and if you had eggs that morning for breakfast, you know minimize it. Everything in moderation is fine. Just look for smaller portions. When my restaurant opens up, one of my intentions is to serve smaller amounts of protein. I use proteins in my cooking the way you would in Asian cooking. So it's a component. It's not. A main dish so the majority of the foods that I cook are vegetarian so you know you want to go for the fats that are in salmon that's a really great source of omega-3 fatty acids um, so you know look at it that way are you yourself vegetarian I have been in the past I respect vegetarians I understand their needs and wants um, most of my menus in the past have always been a, a a heavy-handed vegetarian menu where it's easy to omit the meat or add it to it. It's easier on the body. It, it, it makes it makes a meal more interesting, you know, because there's a lot of different textures and colors and flavors going on, and that's what it has to be exciting for you the whole time or else it's just like another thing you have to do. I read also that you said chocolate is a non-negotiable food. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. <laughs> Any type of chocolate? When do you have it? When's the best time to have it? Late at night? If you have some right now, I'd have some with you. <laughs> you want to go for the dark chocolates, or really the, the better better chocolates that are filled with antioxidants. Um, Americans really tend to go for the, the sweeter milk chocolates, but you know, as long as you're getting it in there but not overindulging. It's always the right answer, Charlie, always the right answer. Tell us about this restaurant that you're going to open. I know you just mentioned that. Calafia Cafe and Market Agogo. Half of the market or half the business is a qualitative prepared foods market like you would experience at a Whole Foods. I used to work for Whole Foods a long time ago, so I understand their ethos and their philosophy and where they're going, and I brought a lot of that to Google. Um, the other half of the business is a high-end or quick cafe. And they're going to be in California? Yep. So the first one will be in Palo Alto, right across from Stanford University, right near the mothership. Love it. I went to Stanford, so it's absolutely, I'll go back there and check out. Are you going to move them to New York at some point soon? I do have interest in some people that are in New Jersey area that would like to invest in and bring that concept here. So they're doing a lot of work with me right now, helping me get the first one off the ground. Ideally, I would love to have Califia everywhere. Is there such a thing as mind food, brain food? 
having worked at Google with some of the smartest people in the world, is there something that feeds the brain better than something else that you can kind of let us into? Fish. Raw fish is a really great thing to eat. Um, even cooked fish is, is, you know, it's just, it was something that Sergey was insistent on and really always made sure that I had a sushi item every day. And it was just something that we really worked at. It helps the brain to absorb information more. It makes it more elastic. It's, uh, as the fat content in the fish, it's, it's making it, it's easier to absorb information. What about um, beverages? We haven't touched upon that. Water, we've touched a little bit on the coffee and the tea. Is there a certain amount we should all be drinking to stay hydrated, stay alert, stay so that we can put in those long hours in places we love to work out? Um, lots of water, lots of natural juices. Try and go for juices that have a, a natural sugar content to them. Um, not, not anything that needs to have anything added to it. Uh, wheatgrass, wonderful. I really was never a fan of wheatgrass too much until I, I had an employee at, at Google that he insisted that he was going to be able to bring in some wheatgrass that was going to have this wonderful finish like honey. And he did, and he brought it in. And I said, okay, well, now that's going to be your responsibility that we have this wheatgrass every day. It went from one flat to two flats to next thing you know, they were parking the truck at the back of the kitchen every day, and we were just pulling it. And they would come and take the truck at the end of the day and drop off with a new truck every day. I'm a big fan of wheatgrass. I try and get a couple of ounces in every day, so... And if someone made it for me and delivered it and it tasted great, I'd be very happy. You'll definitely drink it then, yeah. Yeah. Charlie, the way we end off all our interviews here is we ask all our guests, experts, the same three questions. And it's regardless of your area of expertise or what it is that you're focused on. So here's the first one. What is the belief that you personally go to during times of change in your life? I pray. You know, I believe in a higher power. And I believe you can't do it on your own, and you need to have some type of spiritual support, you know. Um, that's just how I was raised. So, you know, people are like, how do you do it? Well, you know, I was like, well, I pray. I put my faith somewhere. And Here's the second one. Uh, fill in the sentence. The best thing about change is? Is the next thing that comes along. Very well said. And the last one is, what is the best change that you've ever made? Walking out on this family that I cooked for prior to cooking for Google. Certainly led you to uh, some extraordinary things. And usually change does. Charlie, thank you. Thank you for all these great suggestions and tips and advice. And I appreciate you coming here in the studio with me as well. Thank you very much. So for more information about Chef Charlie, please visit his website at Chef charlieayers.com and I'll spell that for you it's c-h-e-f-c-h-a-r-l-i-e-a-y-e-r-s.com and be sure to pick up a copy of his great and fun book Food 2.0 you've been listening to Change Nation a show from the first 30 days I'm Ariane thanks for listening and for more information more inspiration more expert interviews please visit us at first30days.com Thanks for listening to Change Nation from First30Days.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes in the Society and Culture section under Philosophy. Make sure you take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of First30Days.com. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved. <laughs>